0: Welcome to episode one of the Everything Leafs podcast. I'm Kevin Papetti here with Nick D'Souza, a writer at the Leafs Nation. Nick, do you think we could live up to that intro?
1: Knowing us, probably not, but uh, you know, if we can't, then we'll just have to switch up the song by episode two.
0: We might have to switch up the lines.
1: Yeah.
0: We're, we're recording Sunday night, coming off a big win against Boston. Uh, we probably won't have this up prior to the Columbus game, so you have to forgive us for that. But, Nick, let's just jump right into it. What were your general thoughts on the Boston game, and what have been your general thoughts thus far? Who was impressive to you last night?
1: Uh, well, based on the uh, the start of the season, I mean, you have to be happy with the way it started. Um, the Leafs are playing well for the most part. I think, I think it's been an interesting start just because of how different um, the level of the teams that they've been playing are—they've um, looked good. I mean, Anderson's had a bit of a rough start, but uh, last night he played very, very well, and the Leafs came up with a win. So, I mean, for the most part, you got to be happy, and it's only been you know eight or nine games.
0: Yeah, I think it—I think it's basically the reverse of of the start of the season where you had the Leafs playing very well, but Anderson not playing that well, and a little bit of a reverse last night where I think Anderson kinda of stole it for them. Timashav with his first NHL goal last night. Do you have a Timashav tattoo yet?
1: Honestly I don't have a tattoo yet, but um I was thinking of getting a Gauthier one, but after that after that shot from Timashav it's I might have to consider
0: it. Well we'll get on that. We might have to start a GoFundMe but we'll we'll get on that. For so the plan for today we want a few players so far that have impressed you. A few players that have not impressed you. And once we're done with the Leafs, we'll move on to the Marlies. So if we start whole season thus far, uh, including the Boston game. Who, which Leafs forwards or defensemen? We'll leave it up to you. Who's impressed you?
1: Uh, I guess you got to start with the Superman. Mickey has been really good to start the, to start the season. I think everyone's been impressed by him. Uh, I watched quite a bit of his game in the summer, especially his game at the IIHF World Championships. And he just—he's one of those guys where you just watch him and you know that he's trying his best, and he's, he's always working off the puck. And I, I knew that he'd be a good penalty killer and that he'd um, be able to to really win the the hearts of the Leaf fans. But I kind of questioned. His, uh, his puck carrying and whether he'd be able to translate his game to the, the small ice here in North America. And I think he's really just blown everyone's expectations out of the, out of the water um, thus far. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where his game goes as, um, as he keeps learning the North American game. How about
0: you? Yeah, that was going to be my first pick, but you stole it. I'd say he's a bit faster than I thought he was. Uh, I still don't think he's a great playmaker. I still don't think he's a great carrier, but he's, he's faster. He's winning a little bit more battles than I thought he would. Uh, he's a slightly better penalty killer than I thought he would be. So uh, He's just one of those players where the range of possibilities was, was so large that you really had no idea what he was going to be. Uh, and We've seen that in the past, whether it's Par Lindholm or, or Zaitsev um, or Mira and even. And so far, I think he's he's basically maximized what I thought he could be. So uh, definitely fan favorite. Um, in terms, how did you like him last night with Kerfoot and Nylander? Did you like that line?
1: I did. I I've, I, I kind of wanted Nylander to still be with Matthews. So I think I went into it a little bit biased. But we'll talk about Kerfoot a little bit uh, later. But I, I did like that line. I thought Mikhev really, you know, he's, He's kind of that player that the Leafs needed against Boston. If that game does get a little bit more rough, he can play that style. Uh, there's been a lot of, um, you know, people, a lot of critics talking about can the Leafs play the heavy style, and I think Mikhail was a perfect pickup um, for that.
0: If you're picking Mikhail with your first pick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to take Kerfoot. I think, I think with the new guys, those are the guys I'm most excited to watch. Uh, for Kerfoot this is a guy who didn't play much center last year most of the time on the wing uh, so obviously he's a guy worth watching because if you don't have good centers it's going to be tough to have a good team and I mean we know the Leafs have good centers just because Tavares and Matthews up top but Kadri is so valuable the, the ability to go one two three up the middle like that um, so Kerfoot had big shoes to fill and and so far I think uh, the defensive part of his game has impressed me. Just his positioning, his work ethic. Not the biggest guy, but he he moves well and he he's fairly hard nose. So uh, I don't know if he's he's racked up the numbers so far. I'd say it's you know he's he's chipped in here and there, but uh, he does look like a guy that's responsible defensively. And when you're looking at a team like the Leafs, I I think that's what you need. What have you thought of Kerfoot?
1: I've been impressed with him. I think I agree with with everything you said there. I've really been impressed with his puck carrying, actually. I I never really, from what I watched before, which uh, wasn't much, but he never really struck me as a very good puck carrier. I think he's able to, you know, generate zone entries, and um, I think that's where the biggest question was coming into the season for me, and he's surpassed that for sure. But, um, yeah, just keeping this going, I think um, I've also been impressed with Frederick Gauthier, <laughs> I think that, you know, every year wow. it's a, uh, yeah, I you know it's, I think it's just almost a tradition, uh, a least tradition where during the preseason you see Gauthier do something good and you think to yourself, wow, that's great for him. But also it's kind of that, that underlying feeling of, oh, is he going to make this lineup? And, you know, hats off, hats off to him. I mean, every year he's come back, he's improved, um, you know, I don't think he was in many fourth line lineups during the summer um, on Leafs Twitter, and despite all the signings that the Leafs made um, and all the the players that we thought were going to make the jump from the Marlies up to the Leafs, Goche is still on the lineup, and he's and he looked really good. I think. Uh, what do you thought of him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to put him in ink in terms of being the center come playoff time, but he has impressed me. I. I didn't think he was very good a couple of years ago. I thought last playoffs, I thought that line was surprisingly effective. And I mean, I give him credit. Like he earned that spot. He, he played well in preseason from the very first game. And I, I do think I want a little bit more offense there. I don't know if I've been all that impressed with, with Nick Shore. I I find I never notice Nick Shore unless he's hitting the box score, whether it be a point or whether it be a, a penalty I just I think Shore is the the least noticeable player out there most nights and 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 Timoshev, I mean what the fourth line is now isn't what it's going to become playoff time the first first reason for that is that one of Trevor Moore or mikaev are, are gonna come down when Tyman's back um I would guess it'll be more but I guess we'll see um so finding the right mix and whether or not spets is there as well I mean I'm not if if the playoffs started today, I'd have Gauthier there, but I'm not ready to uh, give him the job just yet.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's he's good for the job now. Uh, I I haven't been impressed too impressed with Spetsa. I thought that he would look better than Gauthier, especially offensively. But uh, I I mean it's a small sample. He's only played nine games, but. I don't think I'm ready to say that Spezza is for sure better than Gauthier, but I, again, like you said, we'll see. The The fourth line is kind of makeshift right now, just due to everything that's going on. And once the injuries uh, kind of clear up, then we'll have a much better idea of what is going on there.
0: Yeah. And whether it's Gauthier and Shore or Gauthier and Spezza, I like having a strong faceoff guys for both sides. So, uh, you ice the puck and, and you know that one of them uh, is going to be on their strong side. Uh, and it's just good for defensive zone starts. I mean, I want Matthews and Tavares taking as many offensive zone starts as possible. So when you have guys that can eat minutes, like Goche, like Spezza, uh, in those more defensive roles, I, I am a fan of it. Now, whether it's Spezza or Shore, I'm not sure. I think it's a bit early. The one thing I'll say about Spezza is, you know, he's he is slow. So there's not going to be a ton of transition skill there. Uh, being slow will hurt you a little bit defensively, but... I just think if he's around the nets, he's got a good chance of scoring. He's, he's a clever passer. We haven't seen him much on the, on the power play. Um, but I, I'd like to get another five 10 games of Spezza before I'd rule him out. And I don't think we're ruling you're ruling him out. It's just it's going to be interesting here now that he's on a line well currently on a line with Capitan with and Moore, I believe. Uh, so he's got a little bit more offense to play with. And uh, I think we're going to see him shine a little bit more than, than we have so far.
1: Yeah, just adding to what you just said, um, you know, right now when I look at that fourth line, when is playing, I think when Hyman comes back, let's say if Trevor Moore steps down to the fourth line, now you have a, a guy who's really good in transition, a, a good puck carrier uh, to kind of carry that line. Because I, I wouldn't really say Timishov's a very good puck carrier and can generate that many zone entries at the NHL level. And I mean, Goche has become a better skater this year, but I still wouldn't say that he helps transition as much as that fourth line needs. I mean, if more, once more jumps into that fourth line and and Spezza's in the offensive zone a little bit more often, I think we can see some of those that creativity that you're talking about.
0: I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think whether it's Shore, whether it's Spezza, they're they're both right shots with who, who excel on draws, and I think they're just going to load up on defensive zone faceoffs, but. Uh, who's the next guy on your list in terms of who's impressed?
1: Uh, the next guy, you know, I'll, I'll say William Nylander. I mean, he uh, he got a lot of, I guess. Uh, I guess the critics were talking a lot last year about his game. Um, you know, I felt like more of his his, um, I guess, his downfall last year was more to do with his line mates and and just not really hitting the net. Uh, and now this year, I mean, he's back with a familiar line made in Austin Matthews and now he has Johnson on the left side. And, you know, now the points are coming, all, all those, um, all those process, all the good processes that he was doing last year, such as his zone entries and good transitional plays now kind of starting to show up on the stat sheet. So, I mean, I, I think it was something that a lot of Leaf fans were expecting uh, in William Nylander. I don't think, you know, obviously there was one side of, of Leafs, Leaf fans that, uh, you know, kind of, lost faith in him but i think a lot of people also did know that he was still a good player and and this year where he's starting to get rewarded for his good play
0: i think the contract just made many people sour on him i mean obviously leafs twitter loves this guy and you're going to score some brownie points there for for mentioning nylander but i think at the start of last season or his start of last season rather i think there was a little bit of rest there um maybe 10 games, maybe 15 games. But I think what doesn't get mentioned enough is by by playoff time or even by the halfway point, he was playing well. I mean, his shooting percentage was low, which was hurting the points, and he wasn't on a very good power play unit um, or getting much power play time just because the Leafs were never drawing penalties. But I do think that had Cadre stayed in the lineup and – I would have went with with Matthews nylander Uh I don't know if I loved the decision to move to move. At first was starting with Kadri and then he moved to center. Uh but it's just interesting comparing it to this year where we have a center out of the lineup and and is still staying on the wing. So uh I'm just curious to see if if we're going to get a few games here without Tavares. I'm just interested to see if Nylander stays on the wing or if if we do see him move to center at some point. By the sounds of it, it looks like he'll stay on the wing.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think that they might like Matthews and Marner together, especially since they play Boston again on Tuesday. So we'll see. I guess time will tell with that. Just adding to what you said before, I mean, it also... He wasn't on the best power play last year, and, and also playing with Marlowe and Brown didn't help him either. Once um, that you know, once that injury happened.
0: I think that doesn't get talked about enough. Marlowe and Brown last year were just completely ineffective. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it didn't just, matter who
1: he was with, who they were with. Even when it was Kadri, Brown, and Marlowe, they weren't a very productive line either. So.
0: No, they're both kind of like dependent players, where they're not. But it's and Brown. They're not great at entries. They're not great at battles. They're not great playmakers. I, I don't like them playing together. I think maybe one on a line's okay, but uh, having both, I thought... I mean, it wasn't putting Nylander in a position to succeed. And I will say this, and this will be a nice transition as we go from our uh, who's impressed to our who hasn't impressed. Nylander looks way better with Matthews than I think Kapanen would. Um, part of that's just... From from Kapanen last playoffs, part of that's from Kapanen getting a chance to play with Tavares this year, another high end center. But uh, for me, Kapanen's one of the one of the players who hasn't impressed me much. Uh, would you say the same?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Kapanen is is one of the most interesting players on the Leafs. Um, he jumped up into into that top line last year with Matthews, and everyone expected him to kind of blow up uh, in terms of the production and I think he had like a good week or two and then after that it just stagnated and then this year again I mean I tweeted out during the preseason saying that Kapanen looked like he was made to play with Marner and Tavares and by game by the the start of the season I was already doubting myself and saying you know what maybe this isn't really working out it just seems like with Kapanen he he doesn't really fit into those lines It's, it's He's such a north-south player, and I'm intrigued to see how he does with, um, well, now that Tavares is out, but we'll see if if he can get some some minutes with Mikhaev and Kerfoot, um, depending on how the lines go. But I'm intri- I'm intrigued to see that line, just because Mikhaev can also skate with him, and also you know, Kapnan does so well in kind of a chaotic environment, something that you know Marner Tavares don't really play in. They're more of uh, they kind of play at their own pace. They like to dump at the puck in. They like to they kinda have that workers mentality where they're they're such good forecheckers checkers and so good positionally that uh and, and you know they play so in tight, something that Kapanen's not that good in. Um so I just think it was a bad fit for him playing with Tavares and Marner. But I mean the good news is when it comes to Kapanen is one, he doesn't need to play on the left wing now that Hyman's coming back. And two, he doesn't need to play uh, top six minutes on the right wing either because, you know, the Leafs have uh, Nylander and Marner. So, I mean, Captain being on that third line on the right, uh, on the right wing, you know, it's, if he can be productive in that spot, um, I mean, that's all we can really ask him. Then. What did you think?
0: I didn't think it looked good. I thought, you know, I look at Captain's skill set and for me, it's all about speed. And to be able to get him out there against third pairings where he might have a Roman Polak type, uh, those guys just can't keep up with Kapanen. I think he gets a lot of his offense off breakaways, off, off two-on-ones, off that Kessel-type shot where he streaks down the right wing. So I, he's, not the, he's not the best playmaker. He's not great at going to the dirty areas. For me, I'm a little bit disappointed at whether it's been Matthews in the last playoffs or Tavares this year. Uh, I, haven't, I didn't think he, he played well there. Um, he did play a, he did play quite well with Matthews for a good part of last year, but I think there's a significant drop off from Nylander there. And I think with Kerfoot and Capitan, it's just it, it seems to be a match made in heaven that we're going to see eventually.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm intrigued to see what happens with those two as well. Um, but yeah, keep, keeping it going. Um, who else have you not been impressed with, Kevin?
0: I'd say... This is going to be a double. I would say Riley-Barry. I think... Just looking at this team, we see a ton of offensive talent. And both Riley and Barry are phenomenal players. Phenomenal puck movers. But they need to find some sort of answer in terms of a shutdown pairing. And, I mean, from Barry, I kind of expected it. uh, But Riley's just been soft offensively. Just... Losing battles, not being heavy enough on his checks, uh, just missing guys in transition. Like it, it, it hasn't been pretty for Riley defensively, and I think Barry too. It, it's it seems like it's they're a little bit soft right now. I don't know if it's the same playoff intensity that we'll see in, in months down the line. But uh, for me, I need I need Riley to get a step better defensively this year. That's really one of the biggest keys. Um, for me, in terms of making the Leafs really as dominant as possible. Uh, I like Muzzin. I think cc has been a bit of up and down. But for me, if, if Riley and Barry can just be even average defensively, this team has a lot of potential.
1: Yeah, I definitely wouldn't trust Riley or Barry. Um, you know, if they can make kind of a makeshift shutdown pair like they did last year in terms of, you know, how they had Muzzin and um Zaitsev, I don't think I would trust either Riley or Barry to go up against, let's say, the Berger online in the playoffs if they play them again. Uh, yeah, I agree. Definitely, like, Riley has looked a little lost in his own end. I feel like he's a bit too aggressive sometimes and a bit soft, as you said, in other times. Uh, and it kind of equates to him running around in his own end, losing battles. Um, and, it, yeah, it hasn't looked pretty at all. With Barry, I think it's a little different. He is also not very good defensively, something that we expected, but with him, I just feel like he looks a little too eager to jump into the rush far too often. Um, If he could just kind of make that decision a little bit more efficiently, then I think that we could see something uh, with him, especially being paired with Muzzin. I mean, I don't mind him making that jump all the time because Muzzin's so reliable back there, but... Again, like, I, I don't think I would trust either of those as of right now to play uh, against the other team's top lines in the playoffs. And, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest problems right now with this team um, is – and, then, I mean, they obviously have a lot of time to figure that out, but they have Muzzin there, and I think that's their next step is, is trying to find someone to play alongside Muzzin to take on the other team's top lines.
0: And last year was so weird where we had – it was basically Riley Haynesy, and I believe Muzzin Zaitsev for down the stretch, and then come playoff time we see a completely different pairing. So I think it's tough to to guess what Babcock will do come playoff time, uh, but but for now, I mean Barry isn't very heavy. He's he's not all that strong. I think he can get overpowered. I don't think his game is ever going to be in a shutdown role. I think. You look at his usage in Colorado where it's just offensive zone start after offensive zone start, and I think he was like fourth in the league in power play time last year. So he is going to see a little bit different usage. He's not on the first power play. The Leafs don't get that many power plays, it seems. But Riley specifically, like he's much heavier than Barry. He should be playing much heavier than Barry. Uh, for, For me, that's the biggest key. If Riley can take a step forward defensively, uh, I I like their chances much more. Now, I think the last player I would have to say I'm not impressed with would be Anderson, but I mean, I don't think we're, we're too worried there. Yeah,
1: neither am I. I mean, goalies are so up and down, and if Anderson's going to have his down, I guess, hopefully that's the biggest kind of drop he has all year, and the Leafs. I mean, they won a decent amount of games despite, I think his, I mean his, his save percentage was below nine hundred, um, and they still were able to win a number of games in the in the first eight games. And the last night he was great, so hopefully he improves. I'm I'm really not in, not too worried about him either.
0: Okay, let's. How about if we look special teams? And I mean, I don't want to get too far into the penalty kill. I think the Leafs have a lot of forward options there. Uh, it looks like it's going to be heavy on Muzz and CC on the back end. But the, there's been a lot of sh- big shakeup on the power play. Do you like it more, less? What's your early thoughts?
1: I really like the forward group that they have this year in comparison to last year. Um, you know, with Moore kind of coming in and and Mikhaev, they're, they're very aggressive. I found that last year they, they had stretching. So
0: you're talking penalty kill? Penalty
1: kill, yeah. I felt like they were a little bit passive last year, especially in stretches, and especially in the playoffs. I feel like this year they're all, they're pretty aggressive, kind of pressuring the outside uh, the forwards and the defensemen. Um, so I like that. We'll see how it goes when and comes back, uh, and then they also get another good penalty killer in Travis Dermott. So I mean, the penalty kill is only going to be going to get better. So I, I mean, I, I can't really complain about it early.
0: Yeah, how about power play? Because power play, we've seen change in assistant coach. We've seen, I think the big one is Marner and Matthews flipping sides. Obviously, Kadri's gone, so janssen has been there. Um, right now, we have Nylander, but presumably he'll be back on the second unit when Tavares returns. Do you like the new setup on the power play? What are your early thoughts so far?
1: I think i go against kind of, what the what most people say about the power play this year. I, w- I was a big fan of last year's power play. I liked, you know, for me, the more time that Marner has the puck, the better that power play is. He's he's the straw that stirs the drink, I guess, as they say. But um, this year, I feel, I, I really like them switching sides. I have no problem with that. But I feel like it's led to a lot more forced one-timers. Um, and what I mean by that is just, You know, at the end of the day, Matthews has a great shot, but I don't think his one-timer is where Steven Stamkos or uh, Alex Ovechkins is right now. Um, And I feel like they've kind of forced that one-timer, even a few times on Marner's side, where they don't really have too much movement going on, and they just kind of, Riley will give the puck to one of them, and they'll kind of shoot a low-percentage shot from the outside, and it doesn't go in. Um, I'd like to see them be a little bit more patient and they have so many weapons on that first power play um, that I kind of want to see them move the puck around more and them being on their offsides, sides Marner and Matthews, it kind of gives them you know, a little bit more makes them a little bit more comfortable to move the puck quickly, so I'd, I'd like to see that. How about you?
0: Yeah, it's it's tough to say this early, obviously. I think they just look like they're learning right now, so for me, again, you want, you want the puck on Marner's stick as much as possible to facilitate. Uh, you don't want him as the final shot. You want him as the facilitator. I think everyone knows that, but he, the disadvantage to playing on your one-timer side is it's a little bit tougher to carry the puck down low in the offensive zone. And for me, it's just going to take Marner a little bit of time to, to learn that. He's got to start lower, in the offensive zone when Riley has the puck. I think he's forced a few shots. Um, I think we're seeing a... F- I can't stand seeing point shots on the power play. Yeah, neither uh, can I.
1: Especially Riley. I mean, I think we see too many of those.
0: And it's nice to have Marner with two left-hand shots to pass to, whether it be Tavares or Matthews. I think Tavares is looked good in the bumper. Uh, I'm still not sold that this is... Better or this is far better. I think the least power play was very good last year. I didn't think they were very effective down the stretch, uh, but overall, I mean, it's worked. Even when they had the old, the old personnel with JVR and Bozak, Marner was not on his one timer side, and it, and it worked very well. So I'm not. I don't want to overreact to say this is the best power play unit this is the better setup or, or this is the worst setup. I'm willing to give it a bit of a chance just to see it, but uh, ultimately I'm not sold that this is the solution quite yet. I, I want to give it a bit more time. Uh, who would you, where do you like Tavares? Do you like him in the middle or do you, do you prefer him in the net front?
1: Yeah, I was actually just going to bring that up. I, I like him in the bumper. I really like that change. At first I was a little bit um, apprehensive of it because I, I thought Janssen did a pretty good job last year um, in that bumper. He's so good at supporting the puck. Um, he's very good at getting open. I think that's kind of a skill uh, you know, we kind of overlook quite often. But uh, this year, Janssen's shown that he's done very good in front of the net. And, I mean, Tavares' shot from that bumper uh, spot is, is too dangerous to pass up. And, and he can also win battles, obviously, and, and we know what John Tavares can do. So, I have been a fan of it.
0: Yeah, I like Tavares. I guess it depends on what side Marner's on. I thought they didn't really use him enough last year. If, if, he's, if Marner's not on his one-time side and he can feed it down to a left-hand shot in front of the net, uh, I like Tavares as the net front then, but it is nice having the one-time option right now with, with Tavares in the middle. Uh, again, it's early. I'm not really sold either way, but I, I do like trying things this early in the season, especially when you're a team like Toronto that's expected to make the playoffs. Uh, they're not really seen as a bubble team. So, I mean, we'll give it, maybe we'll follow up on this during our next episode or maybe a month from now when we have a bit, bit larger of a sample. Um, but let's move on to a little bit of the Marlies. I know you watched the game today. Uh, we got, it's a little bit more interesting than normal. I was kind of getting bored watching the first few games without Sandine, but now that Sandine and Lilligren are there, it's a little bit more exciting. So, Let's start with those two. Has, has either of those players stood out to you so far?
1: Um, I mean, I think when Sandin came back to the Marlies, you know, he's only been there, what, what has it been, two or three games now? So,
0: th- I think three now. Yeah, I
1: think I actually lost track. But he, um, he played quite well when he was with the Leafs. So I think people had very high expectations for him when he came back to the Marlies. But, I mean, Sandin's been Sandin through the first three games. He's, you know, Lilligren looks very, he looked very good in his first uh, three or four games without Sandin. And, and now he looks a lot more comfortable with Sandin. I think he's even elevated his game even more. They just understand each other. They're so calm. Um, you know, when the other team dumps the puck in and Sandy and Lilligren are just supporting each other so well. And they're, they're both so good at just making that outlet pass. And, and, you know, more times than not, when they're on the ice, the Marlies are in the offensive zone and good things are happening. So I've, I've been happy with both of them. Um, I know Lilligren got a little bit of, of flack from Leafs Nation last year, but um, I thought he played quite well last year, and I think he's going to step up even, even harder this year.
0: Yeah, I think Lilligren looks significantly better than he did most of last year. Now, I thought Lilligren was pretty good in the playoffs. But, I mean, I think Lilligreen got a little bit overrated as a puck mover last year. Uh, He obviously had the draft pedigree that he was this great puck mover, but I think in reality he didn't really look like a clear standout for much of last year. Uh, His rookie in the NHL, it was just he's 18, he's in the NHL, he's holding his own. Uh, It was very positive, and then I expected a little bit more of a... Step forward last year, and I mean, you can blame injuries if you'd like to, but uh, just wasn't a consistent star on the Marlies for most of the year, at least in my opinion. And so far this year, he looks like he's a better puck mover. Uh, part of that is, I mean, he's got five points in five games. Uh, I don't know if that's if that's updated, but just he's making me remember what he was like pre-draft and at the World Juniors, where he's this quick right-shooting defenseman. Now, he's a little bit, his skating strike, you get a little bit sloppy, but he moves well, sees the ice well, he's showing off his shot. Uh, for me, that's, that's been the most encouraging aspect of the Leafs prospect pool this season. That's far thus far obviously it's early but. yeah of course
1: um no I, I agree with that for sure i think he's a i think he's a reliable pop mover i, I don't see him make very many you know we see Sandine kind of thread the needle pretty often um i wouldn't say that lilligren does that very often but he's a no,
0: sand Sandine's a better passer for sure
1: yeah and i, I think lilligren's a reliable passer at this at this level in the hl right now and um whether he can make that next step i'm not too sure but i think kind of the, um, the trajectory he's having right now, it looks pretty good. I think that he's going to compete for a spot next year, depending on how that defense, the Leafs defense looks next year. But yeah, no, definitely he's going to spend the whole year this year in the AHL and, you know, continuing to get to face top competition, get the top minutes um, as their best right defenseman.
0: Yeah, I could see I could see him coming up at the end of the year. I mean, right now, Justin Hall's in that spot and, I wouldn't call him a lock, but I do think, especially with the cap situation, uh, he's going to be in the AHL for a while. He's just going to get heavier. I think he's his defensive game has came a long way. I think I'm, I'm hoping that he could keep up this offensive uh, improvement thus far. But when you're a right shot defenseman in the Leafs organization, it's not exactly a a high bar in terms of being an NHL player long-term?
1: I think he'll probably be on the team next year. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he gets called up this year, just because once Dermott comes back, it would be more difficult to kind of get time on the Leafs on that right side, especially if they... I mean, it, it looks like they're going to put Dermott on that right side come playoff time. And, and I mean, it's not out of the question just yet that they acquire a right D. Maybe that's for a different conversation, but... Um, We'll stick to the Marlies for now. So who else? uh, Who else has impressed you?
0: Well, let's stick with the young Swedish defenseman. I'm not talking just for Lindgren. I'm talking Rasmus Sandin. I think he's been a little bit of a slow start with the Marlies. I thought he was great with the Leafs. Other than that Detroit game, Uh, just real impressive. And I mean, he's small, but he held his own physically. Uh, he's great at zone exits because of his ability to pack on his pass on his backhand and his ability to improve not improve the puck but protect the puck and I think when he goes sent down there might have been a little bit less focus or just a, a couple sloppy games uh, I think the Saturday uh, so yesterday's game I thought he was a little bit sloppy um, at least by his standards where he's he's throwing back breakout passes and, and people skates and just wasn't himself. Um, but he's getting on the score sheet. He had a nice assist today. I'm not worried about him. I've, I've seen enough to say this guy's going to be an NHL defenseman. He's going to be a good NHL defenseman. Uh, I think he is a little bit underrated on, on prospect lists that I've seen. But I, I wouldn't say that he's been as good, as, as good on the Marlies as he was on the Leafs. I think he'll... He'll be there. I'm not too concerned, but a little bit of a slow start, at least in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I think that, like I was saying before, we have such high expectations for him, just because he's one of those players where it just feels like every single time that he's faced a difficult task, he makes the right decision, and you know the team that he's on is progressing the puck up the ice. But I was really happy that they sent him down. I mean, obviously, I want to see him with the Leafs, but I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to Rasmus Sandin the Leafs need him to be a good top four defenseman. And, you know, they've overcooked a lot of their prospects and it's turned out quite well for them. Um, And I think, you know, when you look at Rasmus Sandin, I think he's the perfect type of prospect that you want to overcook, a player that fix the game quite well, but could probably improve a little bit his physical attributes. One being, uh, I think he could get a little bit quicker, his straightaway speed. Um, I'm hoping he gets a little bit faster. That way he can make take a little bit more chances, especially in the neutral zone, uh, defending. Um, also he could kind of improve on his, um, defensive zone coverage and, and just kind of winning battles. And, you know, we've seen him throw a few big hits, but, uh, I still kind of want to see a little bit more progression in his, uh, kind of heavy hockey.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about him in terms of heavy hockey. I mean, he wins a ton of battles, but I do agree with the straightaway speed. He got beat today on a rush. Um, and again, he wasn't playing top competition in the NHL. I think when he does, I, I do think this is a player that's going to get there and, and play big minutes for the Leafs against top competition one day. Uh, again, he's a teenager. So, I mean, this has very high expectations after last season. Um, but if he does get one step quicker, I think it is going to help him when he has to go face the mcdavids of the world um whereas right now i think i mean mcdavid just blows by everyone but sandy in particular i i do think that he's just an average in terms of top speed right now
1: yeah where where do you see him kind of his uh his journey this year do you see him coming back to the leafs or do you think he's going to spend a lot of time with the Marlies?
0: he's going to spend a lot of time with the Marlies. now is he up for the playoffs that's my question I prefer him to Marincin. Um I don't know. Again, do you put Dermot on the right side? Do you put Dermot on the left side? I'm not sure if it's gonna be Marincin or Hall. I'm not sure if they swing a deal at some point. Uh it could even be Cody Ceci on the third pairing. I'm not gonna get my hopes up there, but it could be, I guess. And I I think he's I think they're gonna keep him in the NHL all year, including playoffs, but you never know. If there's an injury, I, I think he's up. And personally, I hope he's in the playoff lineup even if, if it's healthy because I think he's that good. Um, but like I, I can't be worried about Sandine. It's just I've only seen him play maybe less than 10 bad games, and Saturday was one. So, I mean, it's a three-game sample, I believe. Uh, it's not... It's not
1: not anything to worry
0: about not anything to worry about but you have to evaluate him fairly and when he has a bad game you just kind of have to move on to the next one i think anytime that an nhl player gets sent down to the AHL, there's a little bit of uh lack of focus sometimes um but nothing to be overly overwhelmed about how about up front who have you liked on the marley's up front
1: um I would definitely, I've definitely liked
0: um, Aberg. Actually, I
1: was a little surprised that he didn't make the team, uh, didn't make the Leafs. I mean, he didn't have the strongest of preseasons, but uh, he's really picked up his game with the Marleys in the last few games. It just feels like every time he's on the ice, you know, the Marleys are generating a dangerous scoring chance, and he's kind of the, the prime suspect who's behind it. Uh, today he made, today he scored, and he also had a. Um, Made a really nice play actually, where he received the puck, kind of danced around the defender, and almost went back, went uh, to his backhand, and scored. Um, but he's he's just always generating dangerous scoring chances, and um, you know I'm I'm intrigued to see where he goes. I'd I'd like to see him at some point come up with the Leafs. We'll see um, kind of how that situation plays out throughout the year. But um, but yeah, no, I really liked Pontus Saber
0: and, I mean, I won't spend too much time on Marley's veterans um, just because I don't want to bore people to death here. But uh, I would say Aberg, I didn't think he was good at all in the preseason. I, I thought he deserved to go to the Marley's. But he's been really good. I think godette has been really good. Uh, Matt reed has been pretty good in terms of, I mean, he's defensively responsible. He, he moves the puck well. Um, I think... There's, there's a little bit more interest in terms of Korshkov, because he is younger, and maybe Bracco. What do, you, what do you think of Korshkov and Bracco so far? Let's start with Korshkov.
1: Yeah, I mean, Korshkov's been impressive. Obviously, he's, he's kind of got a nose for the net. Um, he's scored goals in a number of different ways thus far. They've not all been around the net. Um, he's kind of that guy that you go to if you need a goal today. They With the shootout, they kind of needed a goal, and, and he was the guy who who got it. I, I want to see a little bit more from him, other than goal scoring. It was, it's kind of the same situation that I kind of felt about Carl uh, Grunstrom when he was on the Leafs, or when he was in the Leafs um, system. I want to see Korshkov kind of get a little bit quicker. He can play that heavy game, which I'm a fan of, but still, I'd like to see him just be a little bit more of a puck carrier. I mean, obviously, this wouldn't be his role on a line, but you know, when the puck's on his stick and you still need to be able to do those different types of skills. Uh, So just kind of more of an all-around game. But, I mean, so far, so good. His his main job is to score goals, and he's been doing that. So definitely no complaints about me in in that regard.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll disagree with you a bit there. I think, for me, the goal scoring is a bit of a fluke at this point. Like, he was not a big goal scorer in the KHL. He was was more assist-heavy. But, I mean, this is a guy who... He's 6'4", but he wasn't always that heavy. I think he's gotten a little bit heavier. Uh, he's playing well in that net front rule where he hasn't always played. And, I mean, he's going to get quite a few goals just by playing with Jeremy Bracco, who's just the best power play player in the AHL probably. Um, so he's going to get some tap-ins. He got a, I think it was a shorthanded breakaway the other night. Uh, he, he's got a couple garbage goals that, you know, a bounce or two went his way, so... I'm not expecting him to score. I mean, obviously, he's not going to score a goal per game pace forever, but um, but I'm not too worried about the points. Like, I do want to see a little bit more assists, a little bit more uh, transition play. But for me, this is a player who's. I mean, he's playing heavy. He's winning his fair share of battles, and I mean, he looks like someone who could potentially play in a fourth line role in the NHL and. I mean, I, he's not going to drop the gloves. He's not that type of player, but he wins battles, uh, almost like what Shore and, and Timishov are doing now, and even Makaev, is they get on the forecheck, they get the puck for their team, and good things are going to happen. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing his all-around game. I think the points will drop off, but because he's playing with Bracco he's going to get a few more goals than you expect. So moving on to Bracco, what do you thought of Bracco? Yeah, I'll
1: just add, I'm, I'm hopeful that he could make the leaps one year. I'm still kind of suspect about that. I mean, he's already 23. Um, so, I mean, you know, how much improvement are we going to get from Korshkov? But we'll see. I mean, he's, he's he's with the Marlies now. He's, he's had a good start, so we'll see where he goes. Um and in terms of Bracco, I, have not been that impressed with him. I mean, it's only been a few games. Um, I thought that last year he was he was so dynamic, and and this year, I kind of wanted to see a step up in his game, especially at five on five, uh, at power, on the power play. I mean, there's there's not much you can say about him. He's he's excellent. He's very good, or that much more we could say about him. Uh, but I, I still want to see him step up a little bit more at five on five.
0: I mean. Bracco is, I mean, he's a very controversial player, it seems. I don't think he's been all that impressive this year. Um, expectations are high, especially from a scoring standpoint. It's been a bit up and down, where I think he had three points in his first game, and uh, then a couple scoreless outings. But for me, the issue with him is that he's, he's so light. He's not fast. Uh, he's... It's tough to expect a ton from him defensively, so he needs to be playing with guys like Korshkov, like Gadet, and winning against the NHL, he's going to need to be playing with guys that are going to get him the puck, that are going to win the battles, um, and then are going to go to the net. So it is going to be very much fit-dependent, and I mean, if the Leafs are going to use their fourth line for a ton of defensive zone draws, he's not going to fit there, so... Uh, whether you move Kapanen to left wing, whether you move Nylander to left wing, I mean, something has to happen there uh, in order for him to get a spot. Um, and I just, what were your thoughts on him on pre, in preseason?
1: I thought he was okay, but again, like you said, it's very fit dependent. You know, we've seen the guys that have jumped up into the leaps in the last few years, guys like Johansson, Trevor Moore, kind of guys on the smaller end, but can play that heavy style that Mike Babcock can kind of put in different situations. We've seen Janssen on the power play. We've seen it on the penalty kill. Same thing with Moore. We've seen him penalty killing. They both played on the fourth line and been very reliable in that on that line. I don't think I could, could say that about Jeremy Bracco if he ever came up. So, you know, yeah, I don't know what his future looks like with the Leafs organization, but I don't think it's that... Right with them just because of how many good right wingers they have, and not too sure if he can play on that fourth line the way that they use it.
0: Yeah, the thing I'll say about his preseason is that at no point did I think he was going to make the team. Just from game one on, it just didn't look like he was a threat. And, you know, from him, because the fit is a little bit awkward with the Leafs, I think he's going to have to almost blow him out of the water in the AHL which is odd to say because he had 79 points in 75 games last year. But I think he needs one more step forward. Now he's a 97-born player. I think he's got a chance. We'll see what he can do at the end of this year. Maybe he can take one more step forward away from the puck. Maybe he takes one step forward with the puck and becomes an even more dominant scorer. But I wouldn't be shocked if he's dealt at the deadline. I don't know if he has a ton of value. But again, you Moore's a, a ninety-five. Janssen's a, a ninety-four. I do think you you give it another year if there's not much value, uh, trade value that is, and you you let him do, you let him show what he can do.
1: Yeah, I, I never want to say that this is his big year, but I mean this is his third year now with the Marleys, and I don't think his trade value gets any higher after this year. So I think that if the Leafs do want to trade him and I don't like using these ultimatums or anything like that, but I think this year would be the best year to trade him, um, especially if they're looking for kind of that shutdown right defenseman. um, And if you could put him into a deal potentially that, you know, like you said, I don't know how much value he would have, but I don't see it increasing after this year, really.
0: Okay, let's go quick. Any other Marlies you want to give a shout out to that's impressed?
1: I think you already talked about Reed and Godette, right? right so I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Pierre Engval he uh we've seen that line of Reed godette Engvall. I thought that that worked out really well. you know he's 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 a pretty good skater actually for the for his size. I, I want to see him kind of become a little bit heavier and throw his body around a little bit more. He scored a really nice goal, actually. I think it was in the first or second game where he was coming off uh, the rush and snapped it by the goalie. So, you know, he's, he's been a decent scorer with the Marlies. So it'd be nice to see him kind of step up in that regard.
0: Yeah, I think between Gaudette and Engvall, and I'll be quick here, I think they both play a pretty good two-way style. Now, I think Gaudette isn't going to rack up that many points if he's on the power play, but uh, just he looks like a guy that can step in the NHL right now. And, and in terms of Engvall, bigger guy, can win battles. He looks ideal for a fourth-line role. Uh, he might be competing with Goche, who's who's playing well this year, but maybe next year he can compete with Gauthier. Maybe he competes for a fourth-line wing job. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be uh, all that much of a difference-maker, but we'll give him some time. I mean, he has been good. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give him that.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, since he got moved to center, he's definitely been a lot more useful, I think, to the organization in terms of potentially making that jump uh, to the fourth line center. So, I mean, we'll
0: see. I guess the other guy to quickly mention here would be Kaskasuo, who uh, I think he's got like a 944 save percentage. He's been standing on his head, so uh, I don't I'm not sold on him yet, but it's been an encouraging start and, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's Maybe he keeps it up, and and we're talking about him more a month from now.
1: You know, it's funny with him because I think if we did this podcast in April, we'd be saying the exact same thing about Kaskasuo, where out of nowhere he just elevated his game. I mean, down the stretch and in the playoffs, he was excellent for the Marlies and a large reason why they kind of went so far. And then now this year he started, and it's only been a few games, but he's kind of carried that good play to this year.
0: So before I get out of here, I want to get your thoughts on – Mariner. I know the points are there. Uh, he had a not the game winner against against Boston, but it pretty much was the game winner. I think it went off Riley shin pad. Uh, what do you what do you thought of Mitch, the new uh, the new ten million dollar man?
1: You know, I think with Mitch he he's gotten a lot of flack from the fan base throughout the year. I mean not throughout the years, from the the start of the year. Um, I guess As soon as anyone gets a new contract, those kind of those expectations really elevate. But you know what? I you know he's still point per game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And you know his five on five scoring hasn't really been up to a lot of people's expectations. So I think rather than you know kind of taking that as a negative, um, it just kind of shows how good he is on the power play. And you know I think that he's. He's gonna start scoring at five on five. We'll see who his line mates are now. But once Tavares comes back and Hyman comes back, and he has those familiar line mates, I, I mean, he's too good. We've been watching him. It's not like his skills have all of a sudden deteriorated. But I mean, he's too good not to score at five on five. So, I mean, I still—it's it, been a slow start, but um, I still see him above eighty, above a point per game.
0: I mean, it's—it's it's weird because I don't think he's played all that well. Uh, but he's still got 11 points in nine games, and we'll, we'll see where he's at at the end of the year. I mean, points aren't everything, and I think he's just a player that I'm not too worried about. I think he's going to basically be what he was last year, maybe a little bit better. Um, obviously, that's not considering the contract, because I think the contract's a bit high, but he's just not a player I'm worried about. The, the guys I'm really keyed in on are Mikhaev, Kerfoot, a little bit of Timoshev, CC, big time. Uh, I'd say Riley Berry in terms of defensively because I think those are the, the guys where I'm not sure what to expect 100%. Uh, many of those guys are new guys, and it really changes the the team if if you get a, a good third line, a good fourth line, or, or somehow find a shutdown pair. Yeah, I
1: definitely think they have the ingredients to have a good third line. I mean, we've already seen that Kerfoot and Matt Mikhayev have worked well on that third line. And then once Kapman comes down, I think he's going to work a lot better. I mean, they have all the ingredients uh, as far as their forward group goes to to really, you know, roll four good lines, especially when Moore goes down to that fourth line. So we'll see what happens.
0: And the way the Sabres are playing, maybe maybe the Leafs will play the Sabres first round. We might see something different.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome.
0: I don't think anyone's expecting it, but there's a lot of people in Toronto that are... Sabres fans right now. Oh, really? <laughs> they're seven one and one. They're they got a three point lead over Boston. It's all the bandwagon. I know. Uh, I think <laughs> we're gonna be on the bandwagon though, because anyone but Bo- well, anyone but Tampa. I'll say I I, I wouldn't mind Boston again.
1: Uh, I don't know about that. That's those two series have not been uh, not been good. They're not fun to watch. They're fun to watch and they're not fun to watch.
0: And, uh, I know. I just want revenge. That's all I need.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, really quick, um, you know, Tavares isn't in the the lineup for the next two weeks. What would you like to see that top six look like?
0: Um, I'd go with. I like Matthews Nealander. I know Jeff O'Neill went on that rant how Matthews should play with with Marner, and I didn't hear it, but I got the gist. Hopefully, it's accurate.
1: Yeah, I mean, he I heard it. You're right for the most part. I think he just said that they said that if. Um, And I could be wrong too, but from what I remember, I think he just said that if a different coach came in and they did play Marner and Matthews, he just kind of said, well, it's obvious that's something that should have been done already, or at least something that should have been tried out already.
0: Yeah, I've seen it a bit. I mean, I've never been a big fan. For me, Matthews is a player who can score from anywhere, and he excels at getting to the net, but even if he doesn't get to the net, he he can score from a from a distance off that wrist shot. And I just think Marner can create more goals for other players. Uh, Like Marner can get Hyman to score. Yeah. So for me, that's Marner's skill set. I don't know if you need a a playmaker of Marner's caliber to play with Matthews. I'm sure they'd put up plenty of points together, but uh, for me, it's just, if you, if you spread them out, you have kind of a one, a one B line. Obviously. Tavares helps that as well. Uh, when he's in the lineup, um, but I just think the Neilander Matthews duo—they look like they're made for each other. I don't know why you'd break it up. I get that, you know, they're they're putting Matthews in these more of a matchup role right now with Tavares out. So I get why Marner's with him some shifts. Um, what would what would you do from a matchup per- perspective?
1: To start, I would definitely have Ma- uh, Matthews and Neilander. I mean. Um... They do, they do look made for each other. I mean, Neilander's so good at generating those zone entries, and I mean, any time that Matthews is in that uh, offensive zone, you know, he's dangerous. So, um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, when, when I looked at that Boston game, and they put Marner and Matthews together, um, I, I just felt like it made them a lot easier to match up against. Now, Bruce Cassidy can easily put that Bergeron line out against Matthews and Marner, and, and, When you're playing Bergeron and and Marchand and Pasternak, they almost just defuse any offensive threat from their other line, no matter who they're playing. Um, You know, I saw on Twitter a lot of people kind of saying, well, where was Matthews this game? Well, I mean, we've seen it before. Bergeron is such a good center, so good defensively that, I mean, Matthews was quite quiet. Um, So, I mean, we'll see what happens Tuesday. I, do think they'll probably keep Matthews and Marner together on Tuesday, but I do wish that they'd put Marner with, let's say, Kerfoot and Mikhaev. And I don't know if Babcock would be comfortable matching him up um, against, matching them up against uh, Bergeron. But, uh, I mean, then again, he's, he's matching them up against Riley and CeCe. So, you know, they're kind of in tough either way.
0: It's Monday they play Columbus. So if you're listening to this, you probably know what happened with the lines? Uh, I'm guessing we're gonna have it out after the Leafs-Columbus game. Uh, but it's—I mean, Tupas good, but he's not—he's not Bergeron good. So maybe that changes the strategy a little bit. Uh, I guess we'll see. But how about last thing before I get going here? What would you do as a as a D pairing right now? Do you like? Muzzin Berry, do you like Riley CeCe? Obviously, there's no Dermot, but how about when Dermot gets back? What When Dermot's back and he's had five to ten games to kind of get his feet under him, what are you hoping for?
1: When Dermott first comes back, I definitely want to see him on the left side in that third pair. Just get him in there, get him kind of in a role where he's comfortable. Just to get him back, I mean, he's missed... You know, even when he was playing in the playoffs last year, he didn't really look like himself. Um, he missed training camp this year. He, it sounds like he's been practicing for, I think, a week or two now. But, um, you know, just get him back on the third pair in what he's used to. But once he's up to speed and playing the way that we know that he can play, I'd like to see – I like Muzzin and Barry for now. But the way I want to see Riley Dermott in that second pairing. And then, um, you know, I, I think that's a really good top four. If you can bring CC down to the third pairing, I'm not so sure that's going to happen.
0: So, who would, you, who would you give the tough matchups to?
1: That's tough because, I mean, I don't, as of right now, I don't feel comfortable having Barry against the other team's top lines, nor do I really feel comfortable with Riley. And ideally, you, I hope that the Leafs are able to make a trade with CC plus for a right handed shot that can go next to Muzzin 2 face Tom, top competition. It's also encouraging that when you look at last year and they had Muzzin and Zaitsev, I, I wouldn't call Zaitsev a star defenseman by any stretch of the imagination, but Muzzin and Zaitsev worked against Bergeron for the most part. So could Dubis swing a deal where he gets a capable defenseman defensively to play alongside Muzzin? And then if you do that, all of a sudden the possibilities open up where I would like to see Muzzin with that defenseman, Riley Dermott, and then Barry in a kind of like in a sheltered role on the right side and playing with Marinson or bringing up Sandin later in the year. Um, and I think if you can make that defense, I mean, they're, they're looking really good.
0: Yeah, I'm not holding my breath for a CC trade. I just, I think it's unlikely.
1: Yeah, I think it's dreamland for sure, but...
0: I mean, I'm still in evaluation mode there, but I, th- I think I gave you the impossible question there. I just, I don't know what the shutdown pairing is on this team yet. Um, and it might be the same as last year where we don't see it come playoff time, so... Um, but, I th- which is okay. I mean, I'd like to see it sooner than later, just to get try some things out. But uh, obviously, still early. We haven't seen Dermot back, so uh, it's it's tough to get a read on Babcock yet without without Dermot back. But uh, I think it's time to get out of here. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I think people will enjoy the song. I don't know if, if the rest of the podcast was great. we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but They can
1: just put the song on loop They thanks. can
0: just put the song on loop. Uh, for, for the album. That's, that's what I suggest. <laughs> but uh, thanks everyone who, who made it this far. You can find me on Twitter at K You can find Nick at, I believe it's Nick D'Souza with an underscore. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Well, expect a lot of compliments on the song, Nick, in your mentions.
1: Yeah definitely I am expecting
0: that alright well thanks everyone for listening we should be back in the next week or two